Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor if you have ever wondered or asked the question why do christians believe in grace you've got the right podcast i'm mark dickey and i'm Bert miller this is the why do christians podcast Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Dickey. I host the afternoon show on a Christian radio station called The Bridge. My co-host is Bert Miller, lead pastor at Solid Ground Church in Lewis, Delaware. Bert, how are you today? Mark, Mark, Bobark, banana fan of Fofark, <laughs> me, my, Momark, Mark Dickey. I'm doing so well. What is that? It's the name game. I don't know that. I bet you, if I sing it, I bet you, you ready? Okay. Mark, Mark, Bo Bark, Banana, Fana, Fofark, Me, My, Mo, Mark, Mark. Is that a, like a summer camp thing? I, mean, I think it's I think it's just a song. I, Is it from the radio? Is it from a... Well, I, where did you learn it? Chi- childhood. Childhood, I okay. I don't... Maybe yeah. a neighborhood thing? No, it's I, I, it's a thing. Like, I think, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Let me bring up old Mr. Google here. See the name game. See what comes up. Um, it is... Oh my gosh, it's not... Hmm. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The Name Game is a song co-written and performed by Shirley Ellis as a rhyming game that creates variations on a person's name. Yeah. Shirley, you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Yeah. <laughs> well, today on the episode, we are talking about grace. Why do Christians believe in grace? They might need grace for the, the intro that I just gave. <laughs> In this podcast, you that's my bad. Grace. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know what's funny is I think grace is like a cornerstone in the Christian faith. Yeah. And yet you can totally forget about it. Right. It, it can be completely lost in the sauce. Just like, uh, yeah, I, I went to church a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I went to church yeah. my whole life. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was in high school when I heard the gospel preached differently right and it was like oh grace yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so i think we should start with a good definition of what grace is okay well i i think the most common one would be god's unearned kindness uh to a believer is typically how grace is, is viewed it's uh, his mercy that we've not earned it's salvation that uh we haven't brought for ourselves and that's certainly part of it the other part of it would be it's it's the the power through which he is uh, changing believers, what we would call sanctifying, making more like Jesus. So uh, God's grace is not just uh, a standing that he gives. It's also um, the way through which we're saved. Like he's, he is doing something. So it's God's action mm. on behalf of the believer. And then, you know, scripture for that, I think uh, pretty instrumental would be uh, Titus 2, 11, and 12 where it says um for the grace of god has appeared 
uh, that offers salvation to all people. Okay, so there it is. Like the grace is, is found in the gospel. It offers salvation through Jesus. But then verse 12, it says, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, verse 13, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing uh, of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, and so God's grace is active in that sense. Like it, it's really, it's God working on our behalf. I think mm-hmm. it's a good way to think about grace. Yeah. And I mean, we'll probably talk more about this later, but I feel like right off the bat, the the concept of it's unearned. Mm-hmm. And yet I think the human default yeah. when dealing with God, yeah, when communing with God, somebody doesn't even know what to believe, but they, they try to make it right with God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They try and fix it. And yeah. the Christian belief is... Doesn't work that way. It is unearned. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing you can do. Absolutely right. There's so much Bible for that. But I love um, Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was a very uh, famous uh, minister. He said this thing one time. I thought it was so good. He said, uh, it is grace at the beginning and grace at the end. Mm-hmm. So that when you and I... Uh, come to lie upon our deathbeds, the one thing that should comfort us and help and strengthen us uh, there is the thing that helped us in the beginning. Not that we have been, not what we have done, but the grace of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. The Christian life starts with grace. It must continue with grace. It ends with grace. Grace, wondrous grace, by the grace of God, I am what I am, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Mm. Right, dude. I'm telling you, that's some, that's some good. That's that's some, some good stuff right there. But yeah, his grace saved us. So he saved us not because of what we had done, but because of what he had done. His grace sustains us. Uh, he 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 keeps with us through grace, and his grace will ultimately uh, bring us to the end in glory with Christ. And it's probably good to, to to rest in that a little bit. Like there's um, um obviously there are different schools of thought within Christendom. Um, I think sometimes perhaps they might become uh, warped or maybe vocalized or emphasized in, in, a, in a not right way. So sometimes um, there, there's a theology of what's called pietism, which is this sort of originated in Germany um, in I think the 1700s, uh, maybe 16th century. But anyway, um, what they basically taught was this idea of, hey, the way that we respond to God's salvation is to take God seriously. And, th- and there's a good heart behind that. Like, hey, we, you know, if this matters to us, we should care what we do with it. For sure, grace or faith without works is dead. Um, but at the same time, Pietism was known to sort of up the ante and basically say, "Listen, okay, if you're saved, prove it. Like if you're, if you like, you know, essentially like your salvation is like joining a basketball team or you're making a basketball team, right? So you're on the team, but now to keep your spot, you've got to perform well. Mm. And how many people they pick that up with salvation in Christ, where they think, okay." I'll do this stuff and this will make God love me, stay with me, and just over and over and over again. The New Testament epistles are absolutely clear. No, no, we've been saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. And it's not through anything that we've done. The entire book of Galatians is written to respond to this belief that, uh, hey, if I'm going to make God happy, I better keep the law. And Paul's like, nope, it doesn't work that way. Um, we can think about one of the most famous verses in the New Testament is Ephesians 2 8, where Paul says, uh, It is by grace you have been saved. So God's activity, right? Through 
faith. Okay, so how is it that I received it? I received it because I believe that Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. And he says, so you, it's by grace that you can say through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Salvation is not a thing that we earn for ourselves. It is what God chooses to do for us when we place our faith in Christ. Hmm. From what I understand, Christianity is pretty unique in the concept of grace. Yeah. Like it's not necessarily very common in in religions, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say something like, uh, you know, all religions are basically the same, right? I mean, that's a pretty popular belief that, you know, there's, you, the religion has its its God, it has its book or its set of rules. You do the rules that God likes you, that you, you don't do the rules and God doesn't. Um, but Christianity is is unique and and certainly in, in all the the major religions of the world. Um, I I would argue it's unique unique in all religions, but but certainly within the major ones because it doesn't uh, it doesn't operate that way. There there is no do these things and God will. Instead, it's God has willed, He's done it for you. Receive Him. And that's, and that's grace. So that this doesn't rest on you. Again, uh, the very next verse in that Ephesians passage that I just mentioned there says uh, that great, like salvation is not by works so that no one can boast. Um, and how, how does that relate to what I actually do and my behavior? Um, we could talk about it if you want, but it's important to realize that like, no, my salvation doesn't rest on me. It rests on Christ. Like, it rests on his faithfulness. That 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 is the gospel that, that Jesus has, you know, when he's, fun theological words, he has imputed righteousness. In other words, he's transferred his righteousness to us when it comes to standing. And so um, the grace of God that's talked about in the New Testament is when I look at my record before God, the only thing that he's looking for is, have I received Christ? Okay, Because if I have, then Christ who never sinned, that's the record that's on me. Um, but if I haven't, then my sin remains on me. Hmm. Hey, Mark, do you like commercials? I do. Don't we all? Wouldn't it be great if we had a sponsor for this podcast? Mark, nothing would make me happier. Well, you could sponsor this podcast by contacting us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. You could be a hot dog stand. A, a cheese grater company. You could sell furniture. Or Wi-Fi. <laughs> Contact us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. I, I think that's it. I think we got it. Grace is so funny because it's just this, like, what do you mean I can't do anything else? Right. Like, I love God. I want I want to do more. Yeah. I, I, want, I want him to love me more. <laughs> <laughs> like that, I mean, I, I know in my head what scripture says about that, but like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's what all of us, I mean, listen, who, who likes the idea of what you're telling me that my salvation doesn't rest on me. It rests on Christ. Well then, you know, there, there, there's two parts to that. Like they can arise as tension in our heads. One part, what we can do is go like, no, I, I feel robbed of significance in that because I want to contribute something. Um, and it's important to realize that number one, like, again, bring it back to Ephesians two. One of the things that he says is like with that grace, that grace doesn't lead to inaction. Uh, action is the fruit of the grace. So it's not, and, and not, I want to be careful to not be like, oh, so your actions are better show it. And yet um, there is something that comes as a result of it. It's why he can say after all this stuff about your great or like God's grace um, being the source and it's not from you, you can't boast about any good works that you have. He still says, 
after that in verse 10, for we are God's handiwork. Okay, so uh, we're something that God is working on, created in Christ Jesus. Okay, so like we're brought in, like we're made in this through Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God has set out the works for us. He saved us to to bring us into a place to use us in the way that he has planned for us to use. And so uh, it, it doesn't rob us of, of doing something. It's just that the doing something is not what made us right with God. It's God's action that made us right with God. The other tension I think sometimes we can feel, and I say this as, as, a, as a church leader, I get very uncomfortable, if it's so bad to say, because I, I love grace as a means of comfort, but working with people in some raw environments, you know, I, I hear you would say, like, could it be too good to be true? Um, because there's some folks, I honestly, if I'm being honest, I don't want them to believe in grace. <laughs> and, 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 and the reason I don't is because, of, okay, what if they abuse it? And what if they like, okay, well, oh, you, you're, you're telling me God will do, like, well, forgive me no matter what, and, and I can do whatever I want, Yahoo, right? Um, and there's something to be said, like, hey, that probably shows that your heart hasn't been transformed by the Holy Spirit, if that's your right. attitude. But it's not mine to say you can have it or you can't. Mm-hmm. It, it belongs exclusively to Christ. Um, and let's just be real. How many of us have absolutely abused the, the grace of God? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm, I'm gonna, I know God's going to forgive me. Mm-hmm. Now, like, do we want to do that? No. But we are still in sinful flesh, and there are times where we disobey the Spirit of God, and He corrects us, rebukes us, refines us, what have you. Um, but I don't think that's an area where we, we get to go, okay, well, I wouldn't do it, so therefore you shouldn't. You, you probably have. Mm-hmm. Um, and He's patient. Again, that's not to be flippant with sin. Like Paul says it like in, in Romans 6 when he's talking about okay, what do we do with, okay, if we've received this free salvation in Christ, he says, what then shall we say? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? In other words, okay, listen, if God's response to my actions is, okay, I've sinned and so he heaps out more grace upon me, right? Like that's it. Like because he's going to bring more action on my behalf, more forgiveness, more mercy, more to make me more like Christ. So if... God's response to my sin is to, through Christ, heap more grace upon me. He, he, Paul's asking the hypothetical question, like, well, so should we just keep on sinning then? Because it's going to let us experience grace more, right? <laughs> and what he says is, by no means, it's very emphatic in, in the Greek there, um, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? In other words, when we receive Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit, again, an, an act of grace, but he changes us into new people. And so we begin to hate the stuff that we partook mm-hmm. in before. Um, again, that is an action of God. It's his grace. It's his spirit that's doing that. One of the worst things I think we could do is misunderstand another religious word. It's called sanctification. And sanctification is the process through which God makes us like Christ. And it's lifelong. And it's God who is the one doing it. For the longest time, I thought sanctification was the Christian life where, okay, I believe in Jesus, and now I'm sanctified, meaning I'm going to try and and I'm going to make myself better to be more clean because I know that's what God wants from me. And does God hate sin? Yes. Does, does he want me to walk with him? Absolutely he does. But it is a mistake to say that, okay, my sanctification is my job. It's on me to do, and I know that because of the Bible. Like Paul, again, I'm just bringing up so much Paul, but this is a big deal. There's so many people that he's responding to who have such a hard time with grace, because Christians, I think, have always had a hard time with grace. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Galatian church that I referenced earlier, when they're thinking, okay, if we're going to be saved, we've got to keep the law. We've got to keep all these commands, and this will make God happy. 
he says this. He says in Galatians 3, 3, are you so foolish after beginning by means of the spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Mm. Meaning if you started because God chose to save you, he like he interrupted you. You were a sinner. You didn't know Christ. And he saved you through your like through his spirit. You didn't earn it. Okay, if that's how he started all of it, why are you now trying to finish your Christian walk by your own strength? Hmm. You can't do it. Like you absolutely can't. And and that's the point. It like it starts with him, it continues with him, it finishes with him. It's just, you know, you, you see verses and you, you hear somebody actually read it out loud and it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'm reminded of the episode that we did a little bit ago about why do Christians judge? Yeah. And I, I guilty raising my hand. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, <laughs> you're staring yeah, at me. Right. I'm not actually raising my hand. I was like, tell <laughs> but, <laughs> like I, when I see other people drinking in the grace mm-hmm. and I look at them and I'm just like, why'd you make that mistake? Right. I know God forgives you, but why do you keep on, you know, running? What's the, the, this is out of context. What's the, the, the phrase, the, the dog returns to its vomit. Yeah. Uh, You're going back to that sin and yeah. Well, no, but like, let's be clear. Okay. As we talk about, um, wanting to, you know, I wouldn't forgive that or, or what have you in all of that conversation, it would be wrong of us to say sin is good. Right. No, like if somebody does an evil thing, we should be repulsed by it. We should be angered by it. Do I think God is bothered by any and every sin that a person commits? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that his love is greater than that, and his power to save and transform is greater than any of it. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's wrong to like, man, okay, you you, you uh, robbed your company at work, blew up your family, uh, and I don't know, then, you know, chose to blaspheme against the Lord. Can he forgive that? Yeah. Am I glad that you did it? No. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong there, but I do think with this idea of like, okay, what can we contribute or do? So many of us, um, because the heart is right, we, we want to serve God. And that's God given. That's grace activated. It's grace sustained, but it's absolutely grace activated. I would say you can't care about wanting to serve the Lord unless the Lord has placed that uh, ability to do that in you. Because apart from the spirit of God, like you're, you're going to be what's my, what would say is dead in your sin. You're not aware of, of not walking with him. You know, I, I think like there's this great story in uh, John chapter six, where this comes after Jesus uh, feeding the 5,000 and uh, this crowd goes following him. <laughs> and, and the reason they're following him is they just want another free meal. <laughs> and so like they're like, Lord, where'd you go? And he goes, Well, you don't you don't care about anything that I have to say. You're just here because you, you ate and you had your fill, right? And he confronts them on it. And uh they feel bad. And so they say, Well, listen, okay, we want to do the work of God. Like, what is the work of God that we can do? Okay. And Jesus gives them bluntly, here's the work of God. All right, you ready for this? This is John six twenty nine. I would say this is the work of God for them, it's the work of God for you and me. Here it is. All right. This is what God requires. John 6, 29, the work of God is this, to believe in the one that he sent. Hmm. Ta-da. <laughs> that, that's, like, that's the work of God, that you believe on Christ. The most that you can do is to believe that Jesus died for your sin and rose from the dead. 
Mm. That that is the activator of salvation. And now, okay, like you know, different groups are going to have beliefs about what's called predestination. How much is God choosing to do that before you? Okay, that, I'm not even getting into that right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, in terms of what you can perceive of what you can do, the first and foremost thing to receive salvation in Christ is to believe that Jesus has died for your sin and risen from the dead. And the Bible says that to do that, or when you do that, you will receive salvation, which comes through grace. Could you go a little bit further into what you were talking about with being dead in our sins? Yeah. Yeah. So um, in the New Testament, there's, there's, I mean, it comes from the old, but it's it's articulated clearly in the new, that... Um, when the fall of humanity happened back in, in Genesis 3, um, something changed where all people now through Adam were uh, born with what's called a sinful nature. That essentially, like, you don't teach a child to lie. <laughs> they just do. Mm-hmm. Like, we are born with a nature that causes us to rebel against God. This is a sinful nature. And what sin does is, apart from the activity of God, we are dead in our sin. We're not aware. Uh, I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's, not that we, it's, not, it's not that we don't know right from wrong across the board. Um, a lot of that can be given through upbringing and what have you, but just in terms of being callous towards it, the Bible says you're dead in your sins. Unless God raises you to life through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in Christ, you, you just will rebel against God. You will turn away from him to your ultimate destruction. And so that's where grace comes in, right? Like I keep referencing Ephesians 2, but it is like one of the biggest passages on grace in the New Testament. And that whole passage, that chapter begins with Paul saying, uh, as for you, you were like, prior to Christ, dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world uh, and of the ruler of the king of the air, who's a spirit who's now working those who are disobedient. So basically what he's saying, listen, um, if you're not in Christ, ultimately, like there is no middle ground here. You're either with the Lord or you're uh, deliberately or undeliberately following Satan. Hmm. Like that Satan, like the, the creation has been handed over to him through the fall until the return of Christ. And so... Like when you were in your sin, where you were dead, and ultimately what you were doing is you were serving the one who was against God. And so he says, um, all of us, continuing verse three, also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature, okay, so that's how we're born, deserving of wrath. But then he says this line, because this is where we were headed, but here's, here's who God is. He says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. Okay, so even though we were rebelling against God, we were partnering with his enemy, God intervened and sent Christ to die for us. And so, and that's why you can say it's by grace that you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us uh, with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming age, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. And I love that phrase, by the way. And we've seen it a couple times now. Like his great love for, uh, with, with which he loved us, God who's rich in mercy. And now we get, again, see this idea of the incomparable riches of his grace. It's this idea of God has so much mercy, he has mercy left over. <laughs> he has so much grace that he's got more grace than you or I would think that we would need. Like mm-hmm. just, he's just so overflowing in that. Like, if I could say it like this, God is not stingy with his grace. Mm-hmm. And that's that's this passage right here. And so, yeah, while we were dead, God created a resurrection in our souls and made us alive through Christ. I know many people who who might be listening to this podcast have, you know, received Christ at some point in their yeah. life. And, you know, I 
I, I, I have, I, I've received this grace and it's amazing to know that there's a God who loves me and, and receives me with all of my flaws. Absolutely. Yet I'm still capable of sinning. Right. I, I still screw up every right. day. And I mean, how, how does that work? What's the deal with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I guess the question, you know, sometimes I'll talk to people and they'll say, well, I don't understand. Like, shouldn't I be better now? Yeah, um, exactly. Yes. For sure. Yeah. And, and they think, okay, like if I'm, you know, here I'm aware of all these areas that I want to be more like God and yet I'm just not. And mm-hmm. it's on, and, and I, I would tell you, by the way, that normally what happens is through sanctification lifelong, you're going to look back and suddenly uh, you'll see a difference that you didn't realize had taken place. Mm. Um, I think there's a reason that the Bible talks about the activity of the Holy Spirit as a fruit. Um, like the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Um, that's, that's Galatians. Um, and, and the reason that's important um, is because no fruit just wills itself into existence, right? Like like a fruit isn't, like an apple tree doesn't just go, mm, apples, right? <laughs> right? It, it just does, you know, like, no, but I, I'm serious. Like, you know, my, my, my father-in-law in uh, his backyard, he's got a big apple tree mm-hmm. and you'll be out there and you can stare at it as long as you want and no apples will appear on the tree. And then just one day you go out there and some time's passed and it's full of apples. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, how do you pinpoint them? I don't know how to pinpoint them. I mean, if I had like a time-lapse camera, I could. But I think I think that illustration is apt. Like as you walk with the Lord, something just years later, you turn back, you're like, I'm, I'm different. Mm. When did that happen? I, I don't know. But it did, and it's not, am I saying that there aren't dramatic moments sometimes where like the Lord, in a moment, you're completely different of this thing. Yeah, absolutely, he does that. Yeah, but it's a mistake to think that it, it's all like that at all times for all people, and so the question, okay, like how is it that if I if I I know I love God, and I know He's made me alive, and it, well, how, do I know He made me alive? Well, are you convicted of your sin? Like, do you want to love God? Yeah. Well, you couldn't do that apart from the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I would say to you, if there's a conflict within you, that's evidence of the presence of the Spirit, not evidence of a, of a lack of the Spirit. Hmm. Like, when you're dead in your sin, you're dead. And you're like, you just obey it. You know, I remember being like before I was in Christ, I did all kinds of stuff that I never gave two thoughts about. And then afterwards, after my conversion, I began to like before even would even preach a sermon to me or I found it in the Bible. So I can remember doing some things where I'd be like, mm, I shouldn't have done that. And I didn't even know why I shouldn't have done that. There's just I was just because mm. what was happening was I was alive and I and I didn't know it. And, and I would tell you if you're feeling that tension of I want to be and yet I'm not, this is evidence probably that the Holy Spirit is working in you mm. and it's his grace that's bringing it about. And I know that because here's how the Bible describes you and describes me who are in Christ. He says this, uh, this is what Paul writes in Galatians 5, same uh, chapters through the Spirit in Galatians 5, 16 um, and, and 17. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay, cool, Paul. So what does that look like? Well, he says in verse 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Mm. That's weird, right? Because basically what he just described was there's a war happening within you, right? (sighs) They're in conflict with each other. So you have the spirit who's making you more like Jesus, but you also have the flesh and and that's that's this body of sin that you are still in like pre-resurrection, um, where, okay, even though he has brought you to life, and the book of Romans talk about this as well when you talk about like, you know, I died, it's now the sin that's still residing in my members, right? 
Okay, so you're in this body that is not fully like Christ yet. It still is after sin. And so you're, there's going to be a war that takes place as you learn to walk with Christ, as he makes you more like Christ. And so you're going to have this tension of, okay, I want to do, like, I want to follow Jesus, but how, but there's also in me, there's this thing that wants to do this. I got to fight against that. And sometimes you win that fight. Sometimes you give in. Um, I'm not saying that you should give in. I'm not saying that that's good or right for you to do that. But I'm telling you that that division is probably evidence of the fact of the saving work of the Holy Spirit, which again is grace. It's his power, back to the Titus passage, that's teaching us to say no to ungodliness. Mm. But it's the activity of God, it's not you, that brings that change. Mm. So what would you say to someone who who is who is feeling that right now? I, I would say welcome to Christianity. <laughs> no, not, 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 not to be... <laughs> Not, not to be flippant, but I think sometimes what happens is we pick up this view. One of the worst things you can do, we pick up this view that is, okay, I'm supposed to be spiritual now. And so I'm going to put on a mask. Hmm. I'm going to pretend that I have it all together. And I'm going to pretend that I'm more sanctified than I am, even though sanctifying is God's job, um, so that I can fit in, so that I can blend in with the crowd, so that people don't see uh, you know, ways that I'm a hypocrite or whatever. Um, and that's one of the worst things you can do for yourself. Well, the best things you can do is to get into community, find a trusted brother or sister that you can confide in, confess your sin to, at, like confess your weaknesses, talk with about any prayer here. Hey, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. Um, one of the worst things that you can do is isolate yourself um, because the truth is all of us are in the, pro- if we're in Christ, are in the process of being redeemed to become more like Jesus each day. You've done nothing that shocks the Holy Spirit. Um, and so find a place where you, where you can confess that and experience that grace together, I think is a, a really big deal. But know that that doesn't make you outside of the family. Most likely it means you're part of the family. Mm. Well, you've, you've been talking about grace. You've been talking, I mean, that's the whole, the whole episode, but um, <laughs> uh, i I just have this feeling that there's somebody listening today who's who's never received that grace mm. for the first time. Wow. Yeah. And um could you just kind of briefly walk through what it looks like to receive grace and and then could you pray for us? Yeah. So let, let me be be clear. Um if you're listening to this and you're like, "Well, I like the idea of Jesus, but I don't want there to be a conflict within me." Well, sin kills. Like sin destroys your life. So if you're like, oh, "I'll just stay where I am so that you know, I'm not feeling this war within me. It's going to be so much worse for you. That's mm. that's in life here, and that's certainly eternally. Um, the Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. And so I would tell you, like, you have an opportunity today to receive the life of Christ, to receive freedom. Um, you, like, you have the opportunity for the Lord to come into your heart and begin to make you like Jesus so that these things that are ruling you don't have to rule you anymore. Um, but that offer doesn't stand forever. Like God's love does not end, but we're only on this earth for so long. Mm-hmm. And so why wait? The scriptures say, listen, here's the good news for you. You're not good enough to make God save you, but you're also not bad enough to make him not. Mm-hmm. Um, it rests on his love through Christ. And so if you call out to him, if you ask him to save you, if you believe that Jesus died for your sin and rose from the dead and you want him to save you, he will. And so let me just invite you, if, if you're curious, like, what, what do I do? Um, you ask him to. And so I, I would encourage you to go ahead and do that. If, if you don't have 
the words kind of sometimes prayer if it's new to you might be scary um, I would love to just give you some words that they're not magic obviously uh, if you have better words you can use your own but but here's I think a good starting prayer um, and let's just pray this together let's pray Heavenly Father thank you for loving me um, Lord I'm sorry for my sin um, and I want to know you I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I want to walk with you. Would you please forgive my sin, take it away. Fill me with your spirit. Walk with me in life. Show me how to follow you. I hand my life over to you now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And maybe you prayed that prayer with us just now for the very first time. You said you said yes to God's grace, to the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, it would it would mean the world to us if you would let us know that that yeah. that, that just happened. Yeah. And um, Bert talked about it before that you know we need people around us. the The, the Christian walk is not one that you do by yourself. You do it in community, and that's what church is for. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> church, now that's a whole other thing. <laughs> uh, but the truth is you're, you need to be connected. And uh, if you did say yes to Jesus just now, uh, would you please email the podcast, podcast at wearethebridge.org. And um, one, it, it just, honestly, it just, it, it just puts pep in our step to know that we're sharing the love of Jesus and that the people are hearing it, but also if you have no idea what the next step is, you're just like, yeah, I, I want this, but I don't know what to do. We'd love to help give you a couple of next steps. Uh, if we can help you find a church to plug into, if you're near Lewis, Bert could even be your pastor one day. <laughs> I'd love to meet you. Yeah. Um, but I, email us and we we just want to be here to help podcast at wearethebridge.org and uh, if you have more questions about christianity christians why do christians send those to that same email podcast at wearethebridge.org thanks so much for listening